God bless you, saints. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Let's just jump right in and we'll look at a couple of slides and then we'll, we'll read our scripture. What we've been talking about is, is in uh, Hebrews 11, uh, what, what faith is and how that's the only way that you can please God and how Abel had a revelation and we just, and, and all the others, Enoch and, and all the others that are mentioned in the hall of faith in Hebrews 11. But Brother Bram said in the power of God, he said, Abel, by revelation, he saw that it wasn't fruits that brought us out of the Garden of Eden, as some people still think it was, but it wasn't fruits. It wasn't fruit like Cain thought. It was the blood of his mother who had made him mortal over his father. Now, look how he's, he's kind of, uh, uh, yeah, exactly, he's correcting. It was the blood of his father who made him mortal. So he came and offered the blood of a lamb by divine revelation. No one to tell him anything about it, but he, by faith, he seen the Son of God come in and offered a lamb and a figurative type and seeing that Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And God testified, that's the truth. God will always testify the truth. Now, um, this is Sunday school class, you know, it gives us an opportunity to kind of, kind of move back a little bit and just kind of cover some things, um, uh, you know, like serpent seed. The, the serpent seed doctor. What what was Abel's revelation? Why did he bring a lamb? And so, as we dive into this, um, it, I, I think Sunday school kind of gives us an opportunity to kind of kind of dive into this a little bit more. And some of these slides, um, uh, a few of them, um, you know, this is a, a sensitive topic. You want to deal with it with discretion and so forth. But some of these are a little bit heavy-handed, so I would give you a warning before I move to the next one. This is about as heavy-handed as I'll get. See, Brother Brown said in fellowship, he says, there's an element of life in the blood. Life is in the blood cell. Life comes from the male sex. And that's where Brother Brown, on that last quote, that he corrected what he was saying from the male. Life comes from the male, not from the woman. The woman can produce life because she's the egg, but she produces the egg. But the male produces the germ. The germ of life comes from the male because it's in the blood cell. And in that blood cell lays life. So now, now that's what we're talking about this morning, life. Amen. You want to get life, you've got you to gotta be with the male. And in the blood cell, in the state, in the place of Jesus, was not the sexual affair of a man, but the creative power of God. So now he's talking about, why you ever think, um, and, and maybe just say that the, the reason, there's a reason why Jesus had to come from a virgin birth. It had to be born from a virgin birth to be the antidote for the fall. What happened in the Garden of Eden was not it was not by the sexual affair of a man, but the creative power of God. It created a blood cell in the womb of Mary with that egg that brought forth the Son of God, which was the tabernacle that God lived in himself. And so that sets the stage for what we're studying on in verse 4. So let's just pray before we get into our little study and Ask the Lord to bless it this morning. Lord God, we're so grateful to be able to gather together around your word this morning. And we just ask your blessings, Lord, as we study these things out. You are quickening to us, Lord. And it won't just be, won't just be like the, just the word uh, that's not been quickened. But we need, we need you to come and quicken the word to us to make it alive. Because without you, it won't be alive. But Lord, if you come and give life to it, then it'll spring forth into a living reality to us, Lord, that will live in us. 
Lord, we ask, Lord, that you'll just quicken the word to us today, Lord, to be with Brother Wade as he's prepared and studying, Lord, and that you'll set our mind in order, Lord, so that we can be prepared to receive, Lord Jesus. Grant it, Lord, we ask it in your name. Amen. So in verse 4, it says, By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. And you see how faith, faith, faith is the only way you can please God. And by faith, faith, Abel had a revelation that went beyond just the teaching, the education, and the theology that maybe his mother and father had given him. And of course, they both came with a desire to, to present their sacrifice the, the way that they thought the approach should be. But Abel had a revelation. And that's how he obtained, he had obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts. And by it being dead, yet speaketh. By, by it he being dead, yet, yet speaketh. So God came on the scene and proved that Abel's revelation was correct by accepting his sacrifice. Now, if we look at some of these quotes, Brother Ram said in Questions and Answers, Law Having a Shadow, he said, just to, just to paint that picture of what happened, he said, there stood Adam and Eve, Eve, a beautiful woman. I can see there Adam with them dark, shaggy locks hanging around his head, those bright, flashy eyes look over to his little sweetheart, Eve. And such a perfect built woman and her hair looked up and her eyes as blue as the sky. Adam loved her. Oh, how he loved her. But when sin entered in, their little home was broke up because of an old lustful beast. The devil had got into an animal called the serpent, not a reptile. Remember, the Bible doesn't say that the devil was a snake. He wasn't a snake in the beginning. The snake wasn't like he is now in the beginning. The curse put him where he's at. The Bible said... He was not a reptile. He was a beast and the most subtle of all the beasts of the field. He looked more like a man than anything you've ever had. Walked upright. There's where the devil got in him and come to Eve. This beautiful made woman and she did what was wrong. Now you look at what subtle means. That, that's kind of a weird, uh, we, we don't have, when we read a book today, we don't have any, any. Uh, we, it's very seldom where you'd see a word spelled like that, S-U-B-T-I-L, subtil. Brother Ram said, and what that means is, he said the serpent is that missing person between the chimpanzee and the man, and he said he went and got dictionaries today from everywhere to look up this word, what the word subtle meant. It means to be smart, to be crafty. And so you look online and see what, what that word subtil means. It means it's, it's really just an archaic spelling of subtle. And it's no longer used in any variety of English, though it's a modern word in French and German. But what it means is mean, to be real clever, cleverly using indirect methods to achieve something. Somebody that's sneaky. Now, you think about the beast in the garden being, being sneaky enough to just kind of twist the words a little bit. And you see, you bring it over in the present day. That's what the devil will do today is just twist it just enough to where you think, well, the promise isn't for me. I can't get my healing. Twist it enough to where you don't understand how to be born again. Well, as long as you, as long as you just feel something, you got it. Just twist it enough, and then that keeps the promise from being fulfilled. Right. Just just change it just enough. So there, uh, now, so... So Brother Ram, he's explaining what, what that beast, the serpent, is the missing person between the chimpanzee and the man. So let's, let's just look at that for a second. Now, what that means is, uh, you know, Darwin started when he, he wrote that, his book, The Origin of the Species, after he went to the Galapagos Islands. He, he went out there and he saw, um, uh, you can see on the cover of the book, is all of these, these finches that he saw on, on, the, on the Galapagos Islands. And you can see each of these finches 
Um, Darwin, Darwin believed that they came from a, a finch and uh, they were a com had a common ancestor in South America, that they all came from this, descended from this one finch, but they, they, they slowly began to develop these different characteristics. One finch on one island had to, had to uh, get little bugs and stuff, so it, would, it learned how to use a little, a little stick to get bugs. And another would eat a certain kind of fruit where it needed a long beak, so they started... They started developing these little small characteristics. You can see the pictures where some of them have big beaks and some have small beaks, some have long beaks, some have short be beaks. So they all developed these little characteristics. So Darwin got in his idea that he could see where, where you know, things began. It looked like things were evolving from a common ancestor, coming from a common ancestor. So he began to think, you know, I can, I can see something happening. But there's got to be so surely that happened with with uh, we, where we came from. So he's looking for this transition. What you can look at monkeys and see see things moving along. Surely there had to be where where is the link between a gorilla or whatever it would be a, a chimpanzee or something and human? There's got to be a transition. So that's the the missing link. What's that transition? Darwin, Darwin was looking for a transition, and scientists have been looking for that transition because, it, you know, you, if, 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 if that kind of evolution were true. And I, I want to pause just for a second. Now, we, believe, we do believe that God went through a stage of creative evolution where he started from something simple and began to work up and something until he finally he achieved his grand purpose to manifest himself in Adam and Eve in harmony in the garden. So. We do believe in evolution in that sense, where God is behind it. God is the one that's orchestrating it, but not just some haphazard thing where, like, you look on the wall and you can see a clock there, or you look in your in your on the desk and you see a book there, and you just think, well, uh, you think nobody made that book, nobody made that clock. No, you look at a clock on the wall and you know that somebody made the gears. You know that there had to be a grand designer behind it, somebody to be able to have to have the knowledge to be able to put that together and make the make the all the things that go into it but see god is the one that's been behind it all the time Absolutely. so so see see brother Branham by revelation is is revealing to us who what where where the where the transition was between between like a monkey or whatever whatever the lower form was to to get up to where the to the man and so in the serpent seed he said you can cross animals. They keep getting higher blood, higher blood, higher form of life, higher form till it climbs up into the man realm. But the last connection here between it here was cut off. How many knows that science can't find the missing link? All you know that. Why well, here he is. Here he is, the serpent, the missing link, that transition. Now he said it. Now let's watch this just a minute. He's smart, smart and crafty, smart and sneaky. Smart, crafty enough to be able to have a conversation with somebody and twist things around to get to accomplish a goal, accomplish a person. That's the kind of person that this beast was. Yet he's called the serpent. But remember, he was the smartest thing there was and the more like the human being than anything else there was on the field. Amen. Closest to a human being. He was not a reptile. The curse made him a reptile. The Bible said he was the most beautiful of all. And even the curse didn't take all of his beauty away. Yet the glorious colors of the snake is beautiful. And his grace and his shrewdness, even the curse, didn't move it off. But you remember, God told him that his legs would come off and he'd go on his belly. And you can't find one bone in a snake that looks like a human being. And that's the reason science is lost. 
But there he is. So God took that transition and hid it so that science can't find it. But you can see where it is by revelation. And even, even you know, you just look, you just look everywhere in the world. And the snake is a symbol of the, that deception that happened in the garden. It's a, a symbol of, of uh, well, I'm trying to be speak with discretion. But y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> y'all, it's a symbol. It's a, it represents what, what happened. The speak, and the spoken word is the original seed. He said, now look, Eve, what did she do? She received the wrong seed. How did she do it? Now, now here's something to meditate on. How did she do it? Believing Satan's lie. Now, as we, as we trace these things out, we'll find out that Brother Brown's talking about two things at the same time. Because you've got two wombs. Or a woman has two wombs. A woman's got two wombs. A womb in her mind where she first got to think about it. Think about it and receive it. And then, then the womb in her belly. So first, she received it at the wrong seed in her mind. She started believing it wrong. She believed that she accepted Satan's lie. How many says that's right? And the congregation said, amen. Why, sure it's right. Sure, she received Satan's lie. What did she bring forth by doing it? Satan said, you know, this is glorious. This is a wonderful thing. Do you know you were made for that? Why, you were actually made for this purpose. Oh, was I? Oh, it's pleasant to the eye. It's good. You should, you should try it. But the Lord God said, not that, not yet. Wait a minute. See, we're, we're, last time we were talking about how that God wants you to just wait. And that's our problem so many times. We just want to hurry and force it to happen. That's the Pentecostal problem is to force it and manufacture it before you got deliverance to try to force it and act like it. Just hold it. Just wait. Just wait on it. Wait a minute. But you know, oh, if we do, we'll, oh, you surely won't die. That slick-tongued devil, he ain't got hooves and fork tail. No, no, they like to try to make you believe he's a slicker behind the pulpit. Or some little Ricky with his hair combed down like a duck. <laughs> Sitting on his back out there to harm some mother's daughter. That's the guy come around with a little cute, like little, oh, I'll let that go. Oh, you could preach on that, couldn't you? you <laughs> that's, that's a father's responsibility is watch out for his, keep watch over his family so that, you know, some of these little slickers come around that uh, maybe a little girl would be susceptible to. The father's got to put that protective around. Anyway, I'm, I'm not here to preach. We're just teaching. <laughs> now, the womb, Eve received the wrong seed word. She received the wrong word. So it all, always starts out in the womb of your mind. That's where it starts out first. Now listen real close. Now we're going to drive this right down at the Lord willing. She received the wrong word. What did it do? It was Satan's lie said she would be wise. And the God of this evil age, Brother Bram said, oh, you see, we bring it over to the present day. Because a lot of times you read these, you start studying these things. How is it going to help me right now to know this historical uh, thing or whatever? If if we can begin to discern the to recognize the devil and his tactics, to see when the devil's doing something, then you'll you'll have overcoming power. Then to see when the devil begins to move, maybe in a congregation or your family or when somebody says something that that's not right, and you cast that down and say, "No, I'm sorry, that's contrary to God's word," and recognize when when the devil's moving. And the God of this evil age, he said. Eve never just simply walked out willfully say, I don't believe in God. She, she never just went, well, today I'm not going to believe it. I don't believe in God anymore. 
See, it's more, it comes in more subtle than that, more simple. It was an error, she believed. It was an error. Satan never come out and said, oh, well, that's not even the word of God. He admitted it was the word of God. But he put his own interpretation to it, which God plainly told him not to do it. What does this do? It makes a strong delusion for the Bible, for the people to believe a lie and be damned by it in 2 Thessalonians 2.11. And Brother Bram said in the spoken word of his original seed, he said, "That's there's the three. Now, this is a fantastic quote. There's the three, Adam, Christ, God. The reason that Adam's bride never did bear right the life child is because she disbelieved God's word. If that's right, say amen. And everybody says amen. amen. The reason that Jehovah's wife was put away or his bride was because she rejected God's word, the prophet. And the reason that Christ's bride, he's now he's talking about the Pentecostals. They, they, they hung on for a while, but then they, they just couldn't go on with the word. The reason that Christ's bride is put away in divorcement is because that she has rejected the word of God like Eve did, like the rest of them. All whores all polluted their husband couldn't get to him now see that it goes back to that second that second slide that i showed you got to be with the man you got to receive from the man because that's where the life comes from they was already pregnant before their husband got to them oh god if that ain't a pitiful sight think of a young man coming to a woman and find her with seed of some other man in her what a thing that's what god has done that's what Adam done. That's what Christ has done. Now, now this next slide, I want to look. We're ta- what we're talking about, receiving a lie. So, you know, Brother Ram said that, that the serpent seed came over the ark. Let's see what it, let's examine that quote a little bit. He said, now Noah and his sons, which come out, Ham, Shem, and Japheth, come out in the righteous line. How did the seed ever get over? How did it get over on the ark? The seed come over in the ark, just like it did in the beginning, through the woman, their wives. They carried the seed of Satan through the ark, just as Eve packed the seed of Satan to give birth to Cain through the woman. Now, this is why it's so important to examine the context of what Brother Brown was saying. Look at what he's saying before and after. Look what he says right after. He starts talking about preaching. He starts talking about telling somebody something that's wrong. You put them women in your platforms for preachers, the Bible condemning it. Paul said, if any man thinks himself to be a prophet or even spiritual, let him acknowledge that what I write is the commandments of the Lord. But if he be ignorant, just let him be ignorant. And the serpent seed again, he said, and I'm just reading, reading some, I'm reading what Brother Brown said. He said, notice this now and out of there, then come Ham, Ham with his wife. And he had a curse put on him from Ham come Nimrod who built Babylon out of Babylon come the Catholic Church the beginning of it come on down through Ahab Ahab into Judas and in this last day here is the spirit of the Antichrist and the spirit of the Christ and what's the spirit of the Antichrist saying the days of miracles is past taking something that's true and twisting it around so you think well God is not able to heal me anymore. God's not going to heal me anymore he don't want to he'd promise it for me see I'll just take it and twist it. The spirit of Christ saying he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the spirit of Antichrist said it don't make any difference. You see why preachers just hammer on it so many, so much that it does make a difference what you believe. It matters what you believe. It don't. The spirit of Antichrist saying it don't make any difference if you're baptized in the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, poured, sprinkled, or whatever it is. 
It means the same thing. The Bible said that God's infallible and he can't change. Who are you going to serve? It's up to you. I see all these things. What we're talking about is receiving something in the womb of your, in in your womb. And the spoken word of his original seed, Brother Ram said, he said, let's go back now and pick up again and come down for something. You remember what last Sunday service was? The gate to the soul. Now, there is a womb of the physical. There's a womb for the spirit. Did you believe that? There is a spiritual womb and a physical womb. And the mind is the womb to the spirit. Now, see, if you really meditate on this and God reveals it to you, then you'll see how to be born again. You'll see how to receive any promise of God because the womb is the incubation place. You let, it, you let God's word begin to incubate in your mind and you say, I believe it. And you hang on to it. Sooner or later, you're going to have a baby born. Sooner or later, there's going to be a baby crying. You're going to be able to come forth. But why? Because you, you accepted what God's word says and you stayed with it until. Now, see, there's a process you've got to go through when you're, when you're receiving the word of God. God will take you through justification, sanctification, the little twitching muscles. Muscles twitching, baby's not born again, but then life comes forth, and there you got a little baby, and you pop it on the bottom or whatever, and <gasps> it takes that breath, and now, now you got life, and that's how baby's born. There's a womb, a womb where that baby's being formed. That, that's what in Second Timothy, Paul telling Timothy, he said, "Consider what I say, and the Lord give the understanding in all things. Consider what I'm telling you. If all well, we could do that this morning, consider the things that it's not just something boring that's going over the pulpit, but it's the it's the words of eternal life. That if you consider the word of God, then something is going to happen." In Mark chapter four, verse twenty, he said, "In Jesus, these these are they which given the parable of the sower. These are they which are sown on good ground." Good ground, somebody that will take God's word and hold it in the womb of their mind. Hold on to it until it comes forth and you can see it coming up out of the ground. Not just when it sprouts beneath the ground. Hang on. Let it incubate. Let it, let it begin to grow until it comes forth. And, and, and don't put a rock on it. Don't let it get choked out by the weeds. But hang on to it. Incubate it in that good ground. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some a thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. And Luke chapter 8, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. You receive that seed, hang on to it, believe it, and something's going to happen because it's a womb. Now, Brother Brown said in the spoken word is the original seed, he said, and when the bride of Jesus Christ let man-made creeds and dogmas take the place of the word of God, She's committing adultery. Did not Jesus say, whosoever looketh upon a woman has committed adultery with her already in his heart? Now, now think about this. When Jesus said, you look on a woman, you look on a woman with lust, you're committing adultery in your heart. Why? Because that's the womb. You're thinking about it. You're thinking about it and something begins to move. Looketh upon a woman to lust after her heart, hath committed adultery with her already. He said, why? She let it come into his mind. Oh, you see, that's, that's what's taking place when a woman goes out on the street or at the beach or wherever, and she's unclothing herself. She's trying to get, she's trying to change that man's mind that looks at her. Because that's where it starts in your mind. 
And a man looks on that woman, and if he's not a Holy Ghost-filled believer that, that knows not to do that, then his mind is going to start thinking about that. Because that's where it starts. That's where every, everything starts in your mind. And your mind is where the battle rages. She let it come into his mind. And that's, that's why it's wrong, sisters, to dress wrong and to, to, to dress like that. Because you're trying to influence. Maybe this will go out on the airways. It's, it's try, you're trying to change what that man's thinking about. That's the womb that starts the things moving. Now, see, it all goes back. We haven't forgotten our, our topic that we're talking about. Why did Abel offer blood? Because blood is the life. It's the yes. thing that you receive. It all goes back to, 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 to these things. The womb is the, the mind is the womb for the spirit to take in or let out. And that's how they commit adultery. Is taken, let some Satan, devil spirit put in them something against the word of God. Then she's committed adultery. And Brother Ram said in the Mark of the Beast, he said, your heart is a womb. You know what I'm speaking of, women and men. Your heart is a womb, and the womb holds the seed. And the seed is the gospel. Now, the seed alone in his heart. Now, now look, this, this is, I know this slide is a little heavy-handed as we, as we, y'all can grin and everything. I see the grins. We got two more minutes. But listen, this is what Brother Ram's saying. You might have the egg there. You might have the teaching where Gamaliel taught Paul for a year. And Jesus taught the disciples for three and a half years. The word is there laying, but it's got to be, it's got to be quickened. No matter how many Gamaliels you sit under, no matter how great your pastor is, how much you've read the Bible, it'll never take life until the germ of life has come to it. A woman's seed is a wonderful thing. It's the building of a body, but it has no life. It can't. It's impossible. It has no life to begin with. So now, no matter how much you know the Bible and how well it is in your heart, you're still a sinner. Yeah. Well, what are we talking about? We're talking about what happened in the garden and what Abel's revelation was. And the mark of the beast, and we'll, maybe we'll stop on this slide. He said, what happens? The heart is a womb, and faith cometh by an open ear that's not been sealed by theology. Faith cometh by hearing. That's what we're talking about in Hebrews 11. Faith. To hear the word comes into the mind. So if you want faith this morning, as Brother Way's preparing to bring the messages this morning and this afternoon, faith comes by hearing. When you hear the word, open up yourself to receive the word and you'll receive faith. He's he's giving us the recipe. He's saying, you make up your mind about it. Is that right? Could that be right? Well, the Bible said so. I believe it. Down into the heart it goes. Then it's a womb when you receive God's word. We'll stop right there. God bless you.